Hi, I'm Ash Taylor, and welcome to the latest episode of Hitting the Wall podcast. In this podcast, I interview business owners about specific walls they have faced and how they overcame them, digging into the mindset of what's involved to run a successful business on your terms. Growing a business can be one hurdle after another, so why wait to make mistakes when you can learn from others first? This week, I talked to Dr. Noel Rousseau, a PGA Advanced Fellow Professional Golf Coach who has a PhD in motor learning and performance. We hear about the importance of purposeful practice and how that relates to our businesses. Noel explains why he still has mentor sessions himself to ensure that he stays on top of his game and adapts in a constantly changing environment. And we look at why we need to be passionate about the mundane. Whether you're a golfer or not, this week's episode gives a great insight into how we all need to focus on what's important if we're to make those game-winning putts. Hey Noel, how are you doing? Hello Ash, very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Ah, oh, thank you for joining us, mate. Thank you for joining us. So um, I explained in my introduction, obviously, that uh, you're my golf coach, but also I, I, there's a little bit more to it than that because you, when I was hunting around to um, find a way of improving my um, interesting golf game, I, I, I did a lot of research and your name came up a number of times from different people. And I'm, as I've got to know you a little bit, you know, we've had a few lessons together on that introduction bit. I'm fascinated by your methodologies. I'm fascinated by the way you coach. I'm fascinated by the way you're moving me through a process that I don't even realize I'm in, but I'm <laughs> kind of aware of it, if that makes sense. So do you, do you want to just, just take us back a little bit to the beginning about, you know, when you started as a golf coach, you didn't know what you don't know now, clearly. So what was that? Just let's kick off with what's that journey of learning for you been like? If, you know, if you take things back to the, to the young pre-doctor, Noel. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as an initial coach, um, scary, scary. Because, I mean, yeah, it's you, you, well, you, well, there's a couple of things. You, you've got your technical models, haven't you? And what, where, what you understand about about technique and that obviously evolves and, and changes over time. And then and then, the, you know, the that ability to be able to coach and and all the soft skills that go with it so um yeah i mean i always really enjoyed it right from the start i really felt there was a you know an excitement around coaching and working with with people and trying to trying to get the, the best out of them but um yeah i mean everybody's different and each each person needs a need always you know it was clear always needed a, a slightly different um approach to them but um yeah I, I think pretty much every coach um looks back and thinks that they were probably probably give the money back to the to the people they coach in their first 10 years i mean that's, that's <laughs> fairly, fairly normal it's a universal experience for for, for experienced coaches I, I don't know if i go that far but i mean even 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 as much as last year i look back and i think oh crikey you know that's maybe i wouldn't do things quite like that now so there's a constant review and reflection that goes on i think for any any coach because i can see so that in itself is, is fascinating because I think I mentioned this to you the last time we had a lesson that a big thing for me is performance feedback and revision. And it's, it's really easy to put that in front of your pupils, you know, in, in front of your students and say to them, look, you need to be performing. You need to go and get feedback and you need to revise it. So you're constantly evolving, but how often as coaches do we actually apply that to ourselves? 
Yes, um, we are. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I am in, in 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 the golf world, and certainly in my situation, I am I am on my own. I am very much. Uh, I mean, I I'm a that's sort of part of Wigan Heights Golf Club, but essentially it's, it's my business. I'm on my own. I'm not, I'm not related to it, to the academy or any of the other coaches in any way. So that can be really sort of lonely. And if you're not careful, you will just sort of go down avenues and pathways, um, you know, without that kind of review and reflection. I can remember that at the, in my early days of coaching, I joined an academy a situation which had really good coach training and all the coaches would get together on a monthly basis. We'd watch each other coach and, and, um, and have these great kind of, um, you know, exchanges of views. And that was really exciting and, um, and beneficial. But um, yeah, for the last 20 years, I've just been on my own um, coaching. So I am, I am very, very, um, keen to i mean i have i have my own mentoring sessions with various people in the industry on a, on a mm. monthly basis i am really keen to try and keep that going because um as i say otherwise you 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 take yourself down down avenues and rabbit holes which you look back on later and think mm, maybe i got a bit too deep into that thought thought process or or what have you so um yeah i am i am aware when i when i'm not reviewing i'm, I'm a little bit um what's the word um um paranoid that uh you know i'm not i'm not giving the right information or i'm getting a little bit lost in a certain way so yeah it can be quite lonely and um i do try and surround myself with people who who can mentor me still yeah and i think that i think that's that's really important so because and we were saying off air beforehand i'm, I'm always a little bit distrustful of um it's a it, you know it's, it's it's that whole you'd never go and see a fat personal trainer and and you 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 know sorry if there are any out there and never trust a skinny chef you know because if you're not tasting your own food what is it and right. it's the same with coaching why why would you utilize a coach who isn't being coached because surely part of the game and being uh, the, the best at what you can do is is knowing that that person is staying on top of their game as well yeah you know that they're going out and learning and they're they're pushing the boundaries of what's possible because when you when you qualified you know we don't have to throw numbers at it but you've already mentioned 20 years so if, if we go back 20 25 years ago when you first took your you know your pga exams and all the rest of it golf was a very very different game and and it, it's the same with business you know business 25 years ago was yes the principles are the same you know make make more money than you spend and you've got a business that works you know hit, hit the ball towards the hole and, and ideally within four or five shots and you're going to play okay. The principles haven't changed, but the methodologies of how you get that ball there, that's changed, hasn't it? I mean, equipment's changed. Um, absolutely, yeah. So changed. equipment's changed and um, the way, um, certainly the way the, the elite game is played is, is completely changed and that's filtered down. Um, from a coaching perspective, everybody it has, there's more information around, isn't there? So, I mean, if you want to know some sort of deep technical area, you'd go on YouTube and you'd get you know, a, a vast array of advice, some good, some not. So, um, yeah, so I think latest trends um, are, are spread more quickly. The, te the technology involved now is um, is scary. Um, it's phenomenal, I mean, isn't it? Yeah. Back in the nineties, we'd, we'd have a we'd have a video camera, and I remember back then, you know, people would charge extra if you wanted your lesson videoed. You'd have to pay an extra ten pounds and uh, and see yourself in a video, and you'd you would, uh, yeah, you, you, you'd you'd have your session, you'd be videoed, then you'd have to go back to the clubhouse, watch the video, come back <laughs> out. <laughs> That's done in a flip of an iPhone now in super yeah. motion. Plus the launch monitor, the 3D motion tracking. Yeah, it's it's just completely different. Um, and you've got to stay on top of it all. And you need to invest in all the technology. It's, um, yeah, it is hard keeping up. Has that, do you think that technology and that change 
has benefited your ability to coach or do you think in some ways it distracts uh i think there's there's a learning curve with, with all of it um so you know something i, I mean to take you know the, the simple you know um the simple camera i mean the, the learning curve there would be to i mean it's obviously very obvious to go look here's you and here's somebody else and and, and try and copy that but i mean the to use it effectively yeah there's a there's definitely a learning curve and, and things like launch monitors and, and 3d tracking um I was very aware when I got into to 3D motion tracking. So that's where you wear sent. We haven't done this yet, have we? No, we haven't. Had, I haven't oh, had played exciting. this game yet, and I'm I'm waiting for it. <laughs> this is this is where you we all wear sensors on your body, and we will literally track uh, uh, your your body segments, and you, you can we can we can create amazing data and really understand how you're moving and some of the forces that you apply to the to the club, etc. And, you know, and that's a, that's a really scientific bit of kit and, and always with, with the aim of being able to, to, to give really simple, um, actionable advice. I mean, the, mm. you know, with, with all the coaching, I'd like to think that, um, you know, that I, I would do all the, all the, all the education so that I can just pass on, you know, simple information to the, you know, to you, the, the, the player. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I was aware when I first kind of got involved in that, that would take a long, a long time um, to, to, to learn. And I'm sure I lost a couple of clients because of it. Uh, even though I was aware of it, I was kind of watching myself go through that slightly stumbling um, phase. So um, yeah, I think one one does always need to to kind of remember that we're there for that that simple purpose of giving somebody you know something useful and 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 simple to use and and not get distracted by some of the the technologies and tools that are there supposedly to help us yeah and i think you've just two words that you've pulled out there that i think are really interesting one is simple and the other is data because i think especially in business i mean you know you let's go back a stage you know you and i've got um a similar kind of perception on many things you know i was a tennis coach for a long time for me it was all about getting the best out of the player you know you know i my belief was that everybody had their own um, serve their own forehand, their own backhand, their own technique within them. And my job was to find it and allow it to express itself rather than imposing what the world says a serve should look like. Right. And, and, I, and I get the impression, and maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're coddling me, I don't know when we're being coached, but I get the impression that your methodologies or your, your philosophy, better word, your philosophy is quite similar I don't feel like you're imposing anything on me I feel like there's uh, you've looked at me and you've gone okay there's a body there that's got limitations okay because we know I've got my back issues and all the rest of it but within that there is a swing your job is to help me maximize the efficiency of the swing I already kind of have rather than going no here's a template let's start from scratch and break everything down I don't, I don't feel like that at any point you've Ask me not to do things. Yeah, but that's. Um, I mean, I would agree with all of that, and also that's because what you uh, what you do is is very orthodox and, and functional anyway. Um, there are there's two two ends of that that scale. There are coaches who will who will not who will not um, enforce any change and go down a route of complete guided discovery, mm. where where um, which is noble and you know and, and obviously has a, has its values, has its benefits. Um, and, and then and then at the other end, there's the kind of the more sort of 90s Ledbetter style coach, completely technical, technically driven around, a, you know, an optimal technique. And um, I would, 
I would like to think of myself as flexible enough to be able to work between those two ends of the spectrum, depending on who's in front of me, how much they're willing to practice, what their goals are, you know, and, and, and the bigger picture. I definitely wouldn't ever just step back and let somebody kind of do their thing and find the right way if that wasn't what they wanted. If they, if they wanted no. to smash it miles and they had the time to practice, then, you know, there's certain principles that need to be, you know, adhered to. So, yeah, I mean, it would be, a, I would hope, a flexible approach depending on, you know, all, all those kind of psychological things that we set up in the in the assessment. Yeah, I think that's, that's important. So going back to my observation earlier about simple and data is that, and I see this in business all the time as well, is that a lot of business owners simply don't have enough data available in front of them. So we had a conversation this morning, not you and I, but we with a group of um, group of clients, and we were talking about how much do you actually know about your competitors? Because you know, as a as a as an ex tennis player, w- one of the things I would always do is I'd look at the draw and I'd go okay, I'm potentially going to play that person, then yeah, probably beat them. And then I'm going to play that person. And I'd I'd look at the players that I knew, I could go to my notebook and pull out all the copious notes that I would have on that player. And the ones that I didn't know, I try and go and watch their matches before I played them to be able to get some data on them. Right. Okay, because I wanted to go into um you know, I wanted to go into every match with every advantage possible. And one of the ways of doing that was to track where they made errors, where I could force errors, typically where they were winning, you know, where their winning win zones were, et cetera. Um, Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, you know, threats, all the rest of it, simple stuff. And for me, business is, is the same. Now, golf's a very individual sport, but golfers still do the same thing. But what they're doing is they're looking at the data on the course. What's what is what's the you know how fast are the greens running? Where what are the distances to bunkers off the tee? Um, what club will put the water bring the water into play? So they 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 may not necessarily. I mean the caddies are writing it down obviously at the pro game. But you look at those books that those guys have got in their back pockets. It is full of data, and I think the point that I'm making is that a lot of business owners just do not extract enough data that's very freely and easily available to get to be able to make the the decisions they need to make um, in order to be at the top of you know playing their game if you like yeah. winning, winning the game of business if you want so do, do you do you do you come across I mean is there I guess there's a dichotomy there there must be a lot of golfers who just go out there and hit it and then the, the, there are others that kind of go actually well what is the course doing today what are the distances? What tier am I playing off? And really, where, where do you fall with that? Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. And, um, and, and it's not always, a, you know, a direct correlation with their, you know, with their handicap and their skill level. You get, yes, we, we get some, some, um, some golfers who are, um, so relatively high handicapper, but really, really into a, a, a the technique. I mean, there's, there's those minded mm-hmm. people and those who are really into the data. So, um, and that be, and, and these days you can track your own, your own kind of shot patterns with with various um you know various tools that you've put, put on your club and it it gives us these reams of um reams of, of of data around you know over a period of say 10 rounds you miss your driver to the right so many times and you miss your seven iron short and it, and it really kind of shows patterns mm. of play um re- really really useful stuff um uh, i i've yet to know anybody who who uses that well though <laughs> most people get lost in it and, and bored with it 
Um, I, I suppose ultimately because we, we still need to know how to hit it and learn to hit it straight more often. Ultimately, that is what the data brings us back to in, in goal. You know, how, how do we hit it straighter and more often? Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, there is so much danger. It's, it's just easy, easy to get lost. And, and as, an, as an amateur, um, when it's just you on your own, um, you can be quite um, cumbersome. Uh, uh, yeah, cumbersome or overwhelming. And, and yeah, I find this fascinating because you're, I can just flip a couple of words that you're using and apply it to business really, really easily. So the, the data is available, but people don't know how to interpret it. You know, um, you, you, and, and, and or, when they do or, interpret or they it, feel there's, a, there's other priorities. Or they feel that there's other priorities. Yeah, you're right. So you'll have a lot of people. I mean, the perfect example of that is that for me, 50% of the game is played on the green. Okay, that's kind of how that's how I look at it. If I'm going to go round in 72, then really, at least, you know, anything between 50 and 25% of the, of the game is going to be played on the green putting. But how often do people practicing practice putts? And the, the, the analogy with business is people spend and I've done this as part of a talk, people spend an inordinate amount of time trying to find new customers, right? But they're rubbish at closing and selling. They're rubbish at hitting the two the two foot putts. Yeah, they'll spend all their money on the big drive, and getting out there and finding people and putting them into their funnel and the rest of it, and then they'll just let them wander around the green a little bit and ignore it. But you've got <laughs> you've got to, you've got to, if you can you know if you can get the ball into the hole with with the ball that you've got with the people that you've started with, then you don't need to go and find more people. But get really, you know, isn't that what the game is about? In those, um, in those, those purposeful practice sessions, which, uh, which uh, I know you're going to be, in, you're keen to get involved in. Um, we do, we do, we do a lot of practice from within six feet, and I always set up the sessions just so everybody's clear, because it might seem slightly, slightly boring um, to some. But I always, always make the point that the, the better a golfer is, the more time they spend practicing from within side six feet. Um, you know, and if you're an elite player, you're, you're spending hours a day just practicing mm. three foot putts, six foot putts, you know, in, in a meaningful way. But I mean, there sure. is a lot of time spent on those on those fun uh, fundamentals. Um, there was a great phrase I heard a commentator use um, about being being passionate about the mundane. Getting, oh, I like that. Really, really good at that. Those Love basic that. skills, which, um, you know, which which have that, that knock on effect throughout the rest of your game. So I, I, and again, back to, I, I just, I see it in business all the time. I see business as a game. Okay. And, and then the money's just kind of keeping score. You know, that, that, that's, that's how I kind of look at it. You know, if, if you're making money, you're winning. If you're not, you're losing and you've got to work out why. And, and so many people are very, very poor at getting passionate about the mundane. They focus on the exciting stuff, building new funnels, new landing pages, all oh, the new script. Let's go out to a new market. But as people move along that, they're, they're really, really poor at just closing and delivering the basics really, really well. And I think the basics done, the basics done better will improve, you know, an ability, the ability of a tennis player. It will improve the ability of a golfer, improve the ability of your business to generate profit. There are so many parallels there, I think. And I, and I think anybody listening to this a great thing to be taking from this conversation would be what are the what are the what's the equivalent of the of inside six feet in your business mm. and and go and go and work on that because if you, you you convert more there it takes so much less pressure and puts so much less pressure on the rest of the game that you're playing right yeah 
I think that's that that's really important for me. That, so you, you used a phrase there that I get really excited about because I talk about it a lot myself, which is purposeful practice. So, so tell tell me tell me a little bit more about that because it, it's, it's one of my big frustrations is that people do not practice enough. Yeah. So um, purposeful practice is well, I mean, it, it, it's many things. I mean, um, so uh, I mean, the, the notion of purposeful practice is um, is obviously to be practicing deliberately and not just sort of you know whacking balls deliberately with feedback and um, you know on a regular basis and with a and with a with, with clear session goals and um, and that just just doesn't happen very often in the in the golf um, and golf you know, community. So. As a, a number of years ago, I, I genuinely think this is the best thing I do, actually. And, and it came, came, came about a number of years ago. I, I, I kind of sort of took an, an overall sort of look at my coaching and saw how people would see me once or twice a month. And they might practice a bit, a bit in between. And I thought, well, actually, the, the value of a coach is sometimes just to watch and, and make the odd, very simple um, observation. And that can really you know, take somebody mm -hmm. in, a, in, 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 can change the direction that they're, that they're going in. So, so I thought, wouldn't it be good if I got uh, offered my, my students a chance to, to meet every week in a, in a group scenario, uh, as well as their sort of individual um, you know, sessions, they could meet every week in a group scenario and, and we work through some kind of form of the game, mostly short game, because that's the bit that gets neglected. So in that we would um, we would have some kind of coaching setup. We'd all have a practice, and then there'd be a, a kind of a competitive element. So it becomes like a like a gym session, gym session where you're you're working on your your skills as well as mm. just the kind of the technical side of things. Because yeah, one extra one extra rep because it's competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and and trying to create that that element of pressure because you know practicing under under pressure is quite a hard thing to do, especially on your own. But when there's a group scenario, that becomes you know much more. Um, you know, much more, um, much easier to, to create. And I have had some people who, who actually have, in fact, I've got a, a lady who's a member at your club who, um, who only comes to purpose of practice. She's never had a swing lesson, but she's been doing that for, for a year. And the handicaps come down from, I think, 28 to 12 which, in a year, <laughs> which says, says two things to me. It says her, her short game must have been awful to begin with. I mean, oh, yeah. to, be, to be fair, All right, she's done ever so well. Just, just weekly practice, nothing overly technical, just working on the skills, having fun at the same time. Yeah, brilliant. Been really good fun. And but that that right there in a nutshell is the is passionate about the mundane because you know rolling the ball within six feet, twenty feet is never excited as as exciting as blasting it, you no. know, two hundred and fifty yards off off the tee. Um, or, or crunching an iron so it lands middle of the green, spins and fizzes back because that's that's the bit of the golf that we all want to try and do and we can't. But we call it oh, learn how to roll the ball six foot into the hole fundamentally. But that's that. It's almost like a given that oh, I can do that until until you can't. And and, and I think what you're talking about there is 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 something that we do as well in the business clubhouse, which is you know we we run mastermind sessions and group coaching sessions, and it's that my job there is to facilitate everybody in the room has an, a, a level of knowledge and experience and is competitive and as well as collaborative. Um, and and it, my job is to facilitate uh, an environment where they can learn off each other and push each other and, and share that experience and that knowledge. Because I've got experience at running businesses for 20 odd years, but you put six people in a room with the same experience, that's now 120 years worth of, mm. of, of experience. And, and actually it's more than that because it's the compound effect of it that becomes fast. So I can see that, I mean, I can't wait to get along to one because just being in that sort of environment where, yeah, there's a little bit of 
um, competitiveness, but at the same time, you're going to learn off each other and, and, and you're doing something with a goal rather than just aimlessly practicing. And I think there is, there is the something, there is something slightly un untangible in, in a group dynamic like that. There is, mm. you know, oft often we think, oh, I'm not getting the same level of, um, you know, of, of individual attention. Um, so in some aspects, like, you know, if you're working through a swing change, well, you'd need the, that individual attention. But with a lot of us, the, the, the skills you work on with the short game, yeah, there is that, that, that element of learning just from watching other people, being around them, knowing that, oh, it's okay to do things this way or that way and seeing how people approach different scenarios, you know, um, with the you know, slightly different approaches and, and methods. Um, yeah, there's something really, really nice that happens that is not just fun, but um, definitely helps the, the learning as well. Yeah, I've, I've, I always remember when I used to coach tennis, uh, as opposed to business owners, that you 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 get you get a group of kids together with a similar goal. So they don't all have to be exactly the same standard, but you you have a range because then there's there's a little bit looking across and going, oh, I wish I could be as good as him. <laughs> what do I need to do? And you need that, I think. You know, that, I think that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, it's not you know it's not you're not falling into comparisonitis but you 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 need to be challenged you know when you, when you play golf i always play my best golf when i play with better golfers and, and oh. i think it's the same with business if, if you're hanging around with business owners who are a little bit more experienced who are a little bit more uh, profitable what, whatever your definition of success is you know plan their time better for instance are more have more efficient processes you will learn from them and i think it rubs off I think the other thing is that it, inherently people like helping other people as well. Yeah, I think, and that, and that really comes through in the in, in, in the group um, practice. I'm I, I was I was wired to begin with about as you say matching matching skill levels and ability levels together, and you know would a would a, a more novice golfer feel a bit overwhelmed? Would a would a better player feel like they're not getting enough out of it? And and not at all. Everybody just mixes in and gets on with it and helps each other out. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and the nature of anybody who's going to come to those sessions is that they are there to have fun and, and be with other people. And you know, that's a big part of golf as well. So mm. um, with the, the very few students who wouldn't really maybe want to see themselves in that environment, well, they wouldn't go to those sessions. So the sessions are yeah just full of really really encouraging helpful people and um and as you say it, it, it works really well i i'm i'm very minded of a story that i'll, I'll share this quickly so I, I remember going networking we're probably talking eight or nine years ago now and get, getting chatting to this guy and um uh, we, we talked for a bit three or four minutes over coffee in the morning and i discovered that he he played a bit of golf and so we got talking about golf I just started playing I don't even think I owned my own clubs you know I, I had a couple of rounds borrowed clubs from friends and was just kind of oh, this is interesting but I was still playing tennis all the time and couldn't fit it in and I, I got some you know somewhere near the end of the conversation and I said to him oh we you know really enjoyed that conversation we should go out and you know maybe play and you know I'd said to him earlier how often do you play and he said oh I'll play every week twice a week and I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, I'm not playing anywhere near that's that, that, that much. I might play a couple of times a year, but if you're open to it, you know, let's get out on the course and go and play nine holes and, you know, talk business kind of thing. And he, he looked and he said, oh, I've never played on a course before. <laughs> <laughs> and so his definition of golf was practice, but mindless practice. All he did was go to the range of an evening after work and smash balls as hard as he yeah. could. 
Now, to me, that's not playing golf, and that's not even practicing. That's just, I don't even know what that is. You know, he might as well have taken a baseball and a baseball bat. That's, it's not. People's, you know, and, people's engagement in golf is so is so varied, and and, and that's you know, one of the challenges as as a coach. That um probably, I mean, I don't have the figures, but um as, as an observation to say, seventy percent of golfers really don't take any action to to get better at all. Um, I mean, they'll 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 complain about it a lot afterwards. Oh, I'm still doing this and that. Mm. There's really no no kind of um, purposeful designed if there's any practice at all they're just they're just playing um and then there's others who will practice and and you know maybe get get into the odd the odd pitfall as well but yes uh, there's lots of lots of players who would never even consider having a lesson which i think which i find fascinating um either because they don't like taking advice or they find it a little bit scary or what have you um yeah there's probably a good 80 percent of golfers who would never engage with a golf coach which is um which i find um startling really given that you know, depending on on the situation you could help somebody in five minutes and, and take them in a completely different direction oh i didn't realize that i've been doing that you know all this time i've been doing x when i should have been doing y that's you know which can be you know, often be really, really a really simple change but um revelatory yeah yeah i mean it doesn't always happen like that but i mean there's many examples when, when it does um but yeah as i say most golfers wouldn't wouldn't even um wouldn't even um be open to, to taking advice um bizarre I, I see it all the time I'm, i remember because networking again different group not that long ago maybe three years ago stand up do your pitch and i'm a business coach da, 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 da. and the guy saying to me uh coming up to me afterwards going oh can i can i have a look at your coach what do you mean is it parked in the car park and he wasn't joking <laughs> he generally thought i drove a coach <laughs> because you're a business coach yeah so he thought I drove business owners around in my coach. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I just, I, he, yeah, okay, perception is truth and all that. but Which is a nice he, metaphor for what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, really? God. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's interesting because I think the stats probably, and I, I don't know because I haven't looked at the data, but anecdotally, I would say the stats are very similar with business owners. Very, very few are open to taking advice you know learning and and, I, and and the resistance quite often is partly because they don't necessarily want to feel stupid that you know maybe they should know all of this stuff anyway because they've been running a business yeah. and, and they don't want to be shown up but also because i think at a level they know it's going to involve work Right. Yeah. That, that to actually improve. And it's the same with golf or any sport. If you want to improve, you cannot. I mean, going back to this guy who, who was just hitting balls on the range for him, he had turned um, the, the, hitting balls on the range into the sport. And I know from tennis, for instance, that tennis coaches went through a phase where we turned tennis, we turned the game of tennis. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. We turned coaching tennis into the sport. People were saying, I'm, I'm playing tennis, but actually all they were ever doing was having lessons. Right, they were yeah. never playing matches. They were never practicing. They, they literally, the only tennis they did was their two one-hour individual lessons or their one-hour individual lesson and their group lesson every week. And, and I, I think there's an there's a inherent danger in that because I can work with somebody and they, they come along and see me, but they don't apply it 
what they've learned to their business, the business doesn't change. And then a year on, they're saying, well, I've spent all this money and nothing's happened. Right. Well, that's because you haven't done the practice. Yeah. And, 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 and I think you're saying the same thing there. There, it, there is, there's no point me coming to you as a coach and learning if I do not take the time to work on implementing that learning through effective practice, whether that's with you in the groups or, or, or myself, mm. through effective practice so that it becomes a, a, a part of my game and an improved part of my game. Otherwise, it's just expensive entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and I'm lucky. I, I, get, I get less and less golfers who, who have a lesson and, and don't put any time in. Um, most, most of my students are of a, of more of a more of that mindset who, who who genuinely want to, to make a difference and understand what's involved as well and 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 to be fair that's what what the assessment session is you know partly that that initial session we have is to you know sort of lay things out do this you want to work with them <laughs> this is what's required of you this is what i'm going to do and together yeah. you know this is this is what needs to happen otherwise um you know we're not we're not going to achieve our goals so i think that that first session that sets it up is so so important for for a number of different um reasons yeah and i and, I, and again strong parallel but the first thing you said to me was what do you want to achieve you know where where what, what are your goals what do you want and it, it, okay it's, it's a question i'm used to asking a lot but very few people ask it of me yeah and that that you know you you, you had me at goal <laughs> we weren't in the lift we were in the bay but yeah i mean the fact that you took the time out and say well what what do you want be specific you know, in five years, where do you want to be? And, and I had to think about it. Okay, well, single figures. And you went, okay, well, we can do that. And, I st and you know, that, that's great. Did, so now did, we both did I, say, did I say we can do that? Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know you were so no, well. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Uh, I did, yeah. But then you said, you know, I think it was 18 months to two years. And I said, yeah, it, it, and in fairness, if, if, if somebody had a goal and I thought and I thought it was um, was was not realistic, I, I would I would absolutely say that without crushing anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's realistic, but it will take a lot of work and this and that. And, you know, there's yeah. no point going down a route which is going to end up to endless right. frustration, is there? Well, it's like the member you talked about earlier going from what was it, 24 to 12 in, in, in a year just through practice. You know, potentially you might have stood there and gone, OK, so you want to be. 11 12 in a year's time I, I i would have said to her that was not possible i would mm. have having not seen her hit or anything else you know but mm. yeah incredible and, and that has happened on a few occasions people have really surpassed my my expectations like that which is nice which is always nice yeah. so um i, I should like i should never crush the, crush the... <laughs> <laughs> so last question from me on this um so if, if you know you, you touched on it earlier, you know at the very very beginning, but we could loop back. So if if you could kind of go back to when you started out as a coach, and you 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 could you know have thirty seconds with that Noel, you know twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, whatever it was, I'll, I'll let you decide. Um, and you could have a quick conversation based on everything that you know now. What advice would you give your younger self when you were first starting out on this on this journey? um well i would say probably to uh get out and about more more often i mean i i, I try to but i mean i think over the years if i'd have got to speak to more coaches more coach meetings and i do lots of coach training and stuff but but actually spend more time 
um, networking, I suppose, um, not to create a network, but yeah, just having just having really good conversations with other coaches. I mean, when I was part of an academy, it was really, really helpful. And then being on my own, yeah, it can be quite lonely. So, um, so yeah, just trying to speak to, to more, more sort of like-minded coaches is really uh, cathartic and also, uh, um, you know, guiding as well. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that. I think too, people try and, too many people try and go it alone and, you know, plow a lonely furrow, whatever you want to look at it. And, you know, mm. you're growing a business, um, you're, you know, and, it, and it's a lonely place to be. And, you know, sharing those challenges with other coaches who kind of get it changes it. So it's, it's, it's I think it's important to get out and talk to people and share ideas and share knowledge and you know improve the game and improve your own because everybody benefits don't you everybody absolutely benefits. i mean and i've got to a point now where you you, you won't you, you won't see them but I, I i see them as part of my team um i have a a friend of mine who mentors me who's one of the top biomechanics in the in the game works with all the top stars so so i get really good advice from sort of swing and biomechanics i have a um a psychotherapist who um who i speak to quite a lot with regards to sort of sports psychology coaching and training so um there is a sort of a team behind me where i can bounce ideas off and you know and, and keep learning from because i would get ever so lost <laughs> my own crazy ideas uh, on my own definitely yeah brilliant cool so if anybody's listening and uh they are a golfer i mean there's always that chance possibly um how do they get hold of you um because I, I would i would suggest you do if you are in thinking about improving your game you should have a thank you Ash. um uh, you can uh, my website is golfcoach.online um or if you go to wickham heights you'll see uh, you'll see me there as well brilliant cool thank you very much for your time enjoyed that thank you ash i look forward to getting back with the coaching uh, through december yeah no i can't wait <laughs> thanks a lot Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.